0: Doc Talk is brought to you by Merck Animal Health, the science of healthier animals.
1: Hey folks, Dr. Dan here. Welcome to the show. We're here in St. Thomas, Missouri. We're at Osage Veterinary Clinic with Dr. Ray Stegman. And uh, we're gonna have a great show. We're gonna talk about heifer development and a lot of different things with Dr. Stegman. He's a member of the PAC organization. We met through the executive vet program, but he's just been a wealth of knowledge and a great colleague, so stay tuned.
0: As dependable as the sunrise, in dairy parlors, open pastures, on ranches and feed yards across America, a place where reputation is more than a name, where the science of healthier animals is a way of life. It's the responsibility that drives who we are and what we do. Every decision, every day. It's your livelihood and our responsibility. Closed captioning is brought to you by Profusion Drench for beef cattle, a no prescription, no needle supplement. To learn more, go to ZenPro.com.
1: Hey, folks, welcome to Doc Talk. I'm here with a friend and colleague, Dr. Ray Stegman, and we're down in Central Missouri, yep. and uh, we're here in Saint Thomas, Missouri, at his clinic, Osage Veterinary Clinic, and and so uh, just a pleasure. I, I, we've interacted at so many different meetings, whether it's Academy of Vet Consultants or EVP or you know, different things of that. And now with PAC, um, it's just uh, really cool to come and see where you live and where you work. And, and uh, tell us a little bit about your clinic.
2: Well, um, our clinic was initially built in 1970 um, by, by Dr. Markway. And I've, I came in and purchased the Clinic in 91 fall of 91 and and have grown it since then Uh, It's a mixed animal practice. We have uh, Three veterinarians and uh, it's it's very busy. We are predominantly large animal uh, a true mixed practice because we have still have some swine and dairy and it's mainly beef cow calf but uh, we do seed stock and some feedlots, so it's, it's very mixed.
1: It's awesome. It's beautiful country, lots of cows in the area. Um, and so this really is cow country. And we're going to talk about heifer development today. Yes,
2: yes, that's, that's a big part of uh, cow-calf practice is heifer development. Yep. Just knowing when to keep a heifer and, and when not to. And uh, just, first of all, just knowing whether you should or not. Um, some some latest work out of Nebraska with Rick Funston mentioned that we need to have at least 200 cows to be able to feasibly keep your own heifers back. So, and that's something we go by, and it's, it's through, you know entirely through economics of, of developing a heifer because you get a lot of money stuck into a heifer and a lot of time. So, if, if a producer was just starting out, it would be advised or advisable to go ahead and, and buy your replacement heifers, your bred heifers, at that time. Rather than keep them back your own. Yes, at this time, and in this area, and, and in Missouri, we have a lot of family farms, yep. which it's been tradition to keep heifers back. They know the mothers, they know everything about them, and so uh, it's tradition, and, and just can't hardly argue with it, because they know their mama cows and on back 50 years. so. So it's, it's, you know, there, there is value in that, there sure is.
1: Yeah, it's, uh, it's one of those things that when, when we start to talk about replacement heifers and, and thinking about uh, keeping, what are some of the reasons that you think that Funston, when he's talking about that 200 head, what are some of the things that go into that kind of mindset that if you, if you aren't at that level, it's probably best to, to look outside?
2: Well, I, I think we overlook the just the costs that go into developing a heifer and the you know the extra pastures you need you know to keep a bull away from these heifers and and raise these heifers separate uh from the cow herd uh and and just the extra pasture that's needed so you know I, I think a lot of it's the economics that drive this
1: you bet. Well, let's take a break. We kind of got it teed up now. I think everybody's gonna be interested in, in uh, hearing more as we talk about heifer development and some of the strategies that you work with with your clients. Folks, this is, this is a, a pleasure for me to be down here and spending time with a tremendous veterinarian, Dr. Stegman. We'll be right back after these messages. Hey folks, thanks for joining me on today's Cattle First Minute, as sponsored by Baringer Engelheim Vet Medica. You know, when we start to think about breeding season and turning bulls out, the one thing I can't emphasize enough is to get a breeding soundness exam done on your bulls before turnout. And some of the things that can happen during the winter, whether it's frostbite in certain areas of the body or things that can happen that that will cause a bull to become uh, infertile are things that you need to make sure. The other thing that's very important on a breeding soundness exam is we have to make sure that we don't have lameness or or issues with the feet because no wheels, no calves. So making sure that we have a sound bull structurally, making sure that we have one that's fertile and and one that, that can produce enough sperm and enough volume with enough motility with no defects in the sperm is vitally important to making sure every year before you turn out, to ensure that you get a calf crop, at least from the bull's point of view.
0: Producers know stress costs money. It puts their cattle at greater risk of illness and can be a substantial drain on animal performance. That's why ZenPro developed ProFusion Drench for beef cattle. Formulated with ZenPro's patented trace mineral technology, ProFusion Drench is a no script, no needle performance supplement. Proven to rapidly replenish essential nutrients lost during times of stress. For optimal results, use Profusion Drench with ZenPro Performance Minerals In-Feed as part of a complete nutrition program. To learn more, go to zenpro.com.
1: Beef Teaching Farm is a place where producers, entrepreneurs, faculty, innovators, consumers,
2: and most of all, our students
1: have an opportunity to learn. We strive for excellence in the beef business and provide an environment for others to engage in production agriculture. Through teaching, advocacy, and hands-on instruction,
0: we can grow the next generation of beef producers.
1: The Iowa State University Beef Teaching Farm.
0: ValleyVet.com is your one-stop shop for your every animal need. From prescription meds, vaccines, equipment, and more for the ranch to the show ring. Shop ValleyVet.com for fast shipping and great prices. ValleyVet Supply.
1: Hey folks, welcome back to Doc Talk. Dr. Dan Thompson here with Dr. Ray Stegman and we're in St. Thomas, Missouri at Osage Veterinary Clinic. Uh, Dr. Stegman is a veterinarian and owner here and he's he's one of those veterinarians that spends a lot of time uh, in the field, working day to day in the clinic, um, but also takes the time to get out for professional development and to give back to our veterinary profession. I've always enjoyed the opportunities to spend with you and I learn something every time. that that we're together. Uh, Let's talk about, okay, so whether or not we have 200 head or not, we're gonna keep some heifers. So how do you help your clients decide which ones we might wanna keep?
2: Well, first of all, we, we look at the heifers that we have. Most of the time we evaluate them at weaning time. And we'd like to pick out the heifers that were born first in the calving season. It's so important to get the proper genetics Uh, fertility is driven by genetics so much that it's very important to pick those heifers, the oldest ones that are born first and then also we have to consider whether the mothers had gone through a stress or a drought whenever they were carrying that particular calf because fetal programming they're finding here lately that uh, there's a lot to be said about fetal programming. If that mother cow goes through stress during stage of her pregnancy, the calf that she has, the heifer calf that she has, may de- never develop into a productive cow. So that's something, you know, if we know the history back, that's something we can, we can look at and use as part of our selection criteria.
1: Yep, and that, and that upfront calf too, there's a higher likelihood that they're gonna hit the body weights that you want at the right time to, to breed and still be in the herd, wouldn't you say?
2: Yes yes and and the other thing you know you go back you want to develop this heifer out so we we plan we need to start planning actually during uh the the nursing phase we we don't want to we don't want the heifer that's on the mother cow to get too fat so we want to watch our starch in our if we creep feed we don't want too much starch. we don't want that calf too fat at weaning because there in itself may already set you back right so that's one thing we look at Huh. So,
1: so we're looking up front. We're making sure that it was born to a mother that, that you know, that fetal program and good nutrition, so that we have good uh, fetal development of that heifer. And then you're, then you're even monitoring. Then it's the opposite, right? We're we're trying to make sure they don't grow too much. So we're kind of pouring them coals to them uh, in utero. But then we're going to kind of say, hey, we, we don't need you to grow like a fat steer
2: uh when you're on your mom exactly exactly and so you know there's uh there's a lot to be said about the nice looking heifer but we want her to do it on her own we don't want to pour the feed to her and cover up some deficiencies she may have Yep. so it's very so important. then do you help
1: some with the genetic selection then uh even before because i would assume that that picking the right bulls and the things to that nature might, might have an impact on the heifers that are going to be born. Yes, it is,
2: it is very important to look at genetics. I think one of the problems with the beef in- industry today is that we're choosing heifers from the steer pool of genetics because we're choosing heifers out of carcass genetics. And it would be nice, there's opportunity in the beef industry to have maternal herds yep. to develop cows, you know, and, and that's going to be very important going forward. Yep. It's gonna be awesome. Well folks, we're gonna take a break.
1: When we come back, we're gonna talk a little bit more about selecting those heifers, heifer development, right here in St. Thomas, Missouri with Dr. Ray Stegman. The State of Iowa and Iowa State University are proud to host the 2021 Beef Improvement Federation Annual Research Symposium and Convention. The convention will be located in downtown Des Moines with easy access to the airport, hotels and local restaurants. Iowa State University is just north with its research and teaching farms. Join us in Iowa and experience how Iowa provides the beef industry with innovation to application. Hey folks, welcome back to Doc Talk. We're down here in St. Thomas, Missouri. We're here with Dr. Ray Stegman, who's the owner, operator, uh, practitioner here in this area, uh, great veterinarian, colleague, friend, and uh, glad to have you here. Uh, let's talk a little bit about now we've weaned those heifers because we, we got them through the utero. We got them, we selected the early ones. We've
2: got them weaned. Now, now what are some of the things you're going to do? Well, the next thing we're going to do once we have them weaned and lined out We like to develop them out on pasture. We like to develop them on on the pasture that they're going they're going to see as an adult cow. Um, You know, it's been shown they program themselves to to be able to make a cow after you calve them the first time. They'll they perform better and and stay in the herd because there's been so many times that first preg check on that two year old, you're you're culling out 20 to 40 percent, and that just costs you a lot of money. So planning ahead, getting them developed on, on pasture, don't push them too hard with grain, you know, get the pound and a half, two pounds of gain a day to to uh, meet your goal. And and then um, once they re- reach the 55 to 65 percent of their adult weight, which that is a, a moving number that most producers need to know the the weight of their adult cows and right. they'd be surprised how big some of these cows are getting. Everybody has a thousand pound cow till they weigh them. Right, exactly. <laughs> so, so anyway, and once, once we get them up to yearling, whenever they're, let's say 45 days prior to breeding, we like to go through and, and do a pre-breeding exam. We'll do a reproductive tract score, either through ultrasound or a manual palpation, and then measure the pelvis. And make sure <clears throat> that the pelvis is at least 150 square centimeters. Uh, we don't want to set our bottom number too high. We don't want to say, well, my heifers need to be 180 square centimeters, because then we're just selecting for a big cow. So we keep that number, I think it's developed by Dr. David Patterson at, at Missouri. Yeah. But anyway, keep that number around the uh, 150 square centimeters, in the pelvic area. And then we we track score them and anything that's three, fours, and fives will uh, are ready to set up to breed. So we can start them on uh, synchronization for breeding if needed. Uh, The twos and some of the threes will put them on feed to hopefully increase their track score within the next 20 to 40 days. They say it takes about 20 days to increase the track score.
1: So when you're talking about a track score, just for someone who, who doesn't know, what, what exactly are you measuring? I
2: actually go in and measure the size of the uterus. Uh, you can measure the uterine diameter and, and each each score has a, a certain setting on what you need to reach. Uh, manual palpation, a lot of times you go by experience. Right. And so the, the threes are are starting to cycle. The fours and the fives are ready to breed today. So, so they'll, they'll be, they're exactly the same stage of their cycle. The five has a CL, a mature CL, and the four does not. So they're, fours and fives are about the same stage.
1: We're scoring the, the repro tract, making sure we have pelvic space, 150 square centimeters. Yes. And then you're able to say, hey, this tract is, is ready to go. This heifer's ready to be bred. And some of them we may need to, to grow them a little bit longer and then get them ready
2: yes we can if we have enough of the lower scoring heifers and we deem it necessary we can bump them up by using feed perfect and so sort them out and use that to, to increase uh, i know we score. have to
1: go but is that one of the reasons why we see some of these younger heifers being cold or the reason why they don't breed when we turn them right out is they just aren't there yet physiologically yes
2: exact reason
1: and so that's yeah. the importance of having working that veterinarian and getting that repro score before you're going to do turnout, exactly,
2: and it, it saves you money because if you wait to preg check time to call those out, you've got all the extra expense and feed into them at that time. You might as well put them in the feedlot or or develop them out for feeding earlier in the stage instead of waiting until preg check time. Perfect, uh, Doctor Stegman. Let's get to some of the things like on your health program
1: for these heifers, especially you know that weaning, post weaning, things to that nature. What are,
2: what are some of the things that you're recommending today? Well, on our on our weaning protocol um, on heifers, we'll recommend that you come in with a modified live viral vaccination and give them their first lepto at weaning time, and then when we do our track score, a lot of times that's the second time we have them in the shoot, and we'll go ahead and hit them with a pre-breeding uh, modified live viral again. Yep. Uh, I think that's very important to set them up for the rest of their life in responding to booster vaccinations. So. That's something we, we really rely on, uh, proper vaccination of replacement heifers. It's very important. And uh, so we, we stress that. And then also a good parasite control, prog- control program, because uh, you know, we have seen some parasite resistance in the area. And so we, we do a lot of combination deworming, using the white wormers along with our um, avermectins. And and so we we definitely want to get the vaccinations done, at least thirty days prior to breeding. We don't want anything to interfere with our AI or our breeding time. Right. So so we're coming in at at
1: weaning, and then we're coming back in at that sixty to or thirty to sixty days prior to your your breeding schedule, and you're you're also hitting them with that repro track scoring. Yes. Perfect. Yes. So, on your parasite control, when are we doing that as far as the timing is? I mean, obviously, we worm them when we got them caught, but, yes. uh, <laughs> but, but what are some of your recommendations on that? So,
2: so we like to deworm them at, at weaning time, yep, and, uh, and then again at a yearling of age, you know, whenever they turn a year, that's when we, we like to re-deworm them. And in the fall of the year, around here, we like to deworm, say, after a hard frost, so that's another thing. It, it may vary on the group when we deworm. We may, if we're track scoring, let's say the 1st of October, we might wait and, and give them a warmer, you know, a few weeks later.
1: So if you don't mind, just kind of walk us through that timetable again. Weaning to first breeding. Okay. So, so, so at weaning, we're going to hit them. But then how many days past that? just kind of give us that timetable so that they can set that up with their veterinarian
2: okay so at let's say six to seven months of age at weaning time is when we give them the first round with their weaning vaccinations we'll add a lepto to that and then we'll deworm Uh, a lot of times we do a combination deworm at that time as well and then whenever they reach that 12 months of age yep that's when we will track score and and do a pre-breeding exam and and vaccinate them again at that time and deworm
1: okay and then the ones that are ready to go they go the
2: ones that are a little bit behind we're going to give them some feed and catch them up you bet actually with some of the synchronization protocols now we can we can give them their their last vaccination the day we set them up to to breed because it takes 31 days to breed from the from the start of that protocol so A lot of times, to save time through the shoot, you know, we try to do everything at once. Well, to
1: say that you've provided some information would be an understatement. This has been a great show. A lot of great information, folks, on on what what to do when you're selecting those heifers, uh, setting them up for success, and we just appreciate you taking the time with us.
2: Thank you, I appreciate it.
1: Humbling to have Dr. Stegman on the show. Remember, always work with your local veterinarian, and if you want to know more about what we do at Doc Talk. You can find us on the web at www.doctalktv.com. I'm Dr. Dan Thompson with Dr. Ray Stegman, and we'll see you down the road.
0: Closed captioning is brought to you by Profusion Drench for beef cattle, a no prescription, no needle supplement. To learn more, go to zenpro.com. Doctalk was brought to you by Merck Animal Health, the science of healthier animals.